Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast and welcome to part three of my conversation with Heather Creekmore. She is the author of the new book. It's called The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. And I am really enjoying this conversation, so encouraged by it. And we left you with a cliffhanger yesterday. So if you missed parts one and two, go back and listen to those for sure. Um, but yesterday at the end of our conversation, we were talking about uh, about our girls, just raising up our girls, this next generation of godly young women. And it's hard. It's hard to do this. You know, I felt like it was hard for me when I was a teenager and I didn't have social media as a kid. We didn't have as much junk swarming around us, but there was still a lot. You know, we had Teen Magazine and Seventeen Magazine, and I still think about those. I'm thinking, I can't believe I actually read that garbage. But I mean, I had subscriptions to them, and they came in the mail once a month, and I would read them, and I would look at all the pictures of all the perfectly pretty girls who had been airbrushed, and um, and it's hard. It's hard to not look at those and and bring that comparison and in biblical terms, bring the the jealousy and the envy um, because that's just our human nature. It's what we do. You know, as homeschool moms, we tend to do the same thing when it comes to schooling. And I want to talk about that in a minute, but I want to kind of finish answering this question and helping our girls as they're growing from a young age to recognize the sin of envy, the sin of comparison, the sin of jealousy without making them feel guilty over that. How can we do that with them? Yeah. Well, I, I think the beautiful thing about the gospel event is, is it shines truth and light, right? But without guilt and condemnation, right? Like Jesus died for to cover our guilt and our shame. And so I feel like it's, it's good news yes. in a way that there is a sin root to some of these issues, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a cure for sin, right? right? First, first John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we believe that this is just our fate because we're female, right? right. Or, oh, I live in America and I'm a woman. So my fate is to always struggle if we do like an Eeyore on it, right? right. Like, like then there's no hope. Right. But I, so I feel like it's, it's a positive, encouraging development that there may be sin at the root here because there's a cure for sin. And, and so to come back to your question, right? Like Jesus's prescription is not that we should feel guilty for our sin. Right? Like he says, Hey, I took care of that. Right. You, that guilt and that shame that's coming from, from the enemy. Right. And, and, and I think it's important for us to talk to our kids about the distinction there, right? Because they're going to hear voices. They're going to hear the lies. Right. And, and if those lies are guilting them and shaming them, then they need to know those lies are from the enemy and they don't have to listen to that at all. Even if there's an ounce of truth in it, because I have noticed Satan tends to do 
do that. He takes an ounce of truth and he puts it with the lie. And so then we're like, well, that's kind of true. I guess I need to hold on to that. No, 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 no. You never have to listen to the voice of the enemy. If there's something the Holy Spirit wants to fix in you, he will do it right. in his gentlemanly conviction way, right? But it's not going to look like guilt and it's not going to look like shame. So I think it's important to teach our daughters and our sons too, yeah. the difference between those voices, those messages they're going to hear, right? And, and, and teach them, I mean, goodness gracious, like, we all know what it feels like to, to wallow in guilt, right. Yes. Or in shame, right. Like we've all done that. And I think it's super helpful to talk to our kids about the reality of that yeah. and how it's not helpful. And, and I mean, I don't know if your house is anything like mine, like these are conversations we're having to have now. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, I made a mistake. Oh, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to take away my own screen privileges right. <laughs> for the week and I'm going to punish myself. And it's like, no, that is not, <laughs> that is not helpful. Right. And, and how many times do we do that to God? Right. Just as a parent, I'm, I'm listening to my child saying, no, you don't need to take away your own privileges. I'm the parent. Right. I get to choose what's suitable punishment for you. But we do that with God, right? God's like, Hey, I covered that sin, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. for confess it. I'll forgive you of it. You know, I have grace for that. Um, and then carry on. And, and I think we need to teach our kids that this is just a, a real part of, of coping with, with human life here on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. In the book, you talk a little bit about how, you know, and, and you talked a little bit before about just all the cliches, you know, that, you know, beauty is on the inside and, and those are the things that I have found with, with my daughters that they're not very helpful. Right. Uh, to just say those things, you know, beauty's on the inside. And she's like, yeah, whatever, mom, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And I remember, this is really interesting, when I was a teenager, I used to babysit for this family. And they were one of those families who had beautiful children. They had four girls and the girls were stunning, every single one of them. And I remember the mom saying to me, I never tell my girls that they're beautiful because I don't want their identity to be wrapped up in their looks. And I understand that to a point. And, and I get that because you don't want it to be all about, you know, you're so pretty. And plenty of other people told them how pretty they were. You know, I mean, every you, you see them in the grocery store. Oh, you your girls are so beautiful, you know. Um, so and, and I think that might have been part of it is that they got it from so many other people. Mm -hmm. But how do we balance that yeah. um, where we don't want to constantly be saying, you know, it's the inside that matters, not the outside right. and not telling our girls, you know, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Cause I mean, I look at my girls, I think both my girls are beautiful, mm -hmm. um, but I also don't want that to be their identity. And at the right. same time, like I genuinely think that they're beautiful and I want them to say, you know, God made you so beautiful. And so right. is that a weird, I don't know if I'm wording that correctly. No, is that I, a weird no. question? Like how Absolutely do we find not. that balance of no. encouraging them and helping them to understand their identity and who they are and still feeling beautiful without right. it becoming an idol for them? Right. Yeah. No, I'm absolutely tracking with you. I mean, I think, I think step one is, is the question, right? It always begins with semantics. How are you defining beauty? Right. Right. Are you defining beauty the way the world defines beauty? Sure. Or are you defining beauty the way the word defines beauty? Right? right. And so when we're telling our daughters, they're so beautiful, are we saying that in a worldly context, right? Right. You're beautiful because you look hot today, my right. teenage daughter, like, <laughs> oh, you really rocking that outfit, you know, or are we saying it because of 
inner beauty that we see coming coming through, shining through. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, I, I wrote a blog post one time and it was titled Stop Telling Her She's Beautiful. And I got so much negative feedback. You can actually read the entire post. You know how yeah. that happened. Um, but but my point there was not that you shouldn't affirm your daughter in that way, because I right. really do believe that we need to tell our girls. They 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 look they're looking for affirmation sure. from from mom from dad, right? So so I think withholding it may be a little severe, mm-hmm. right? But I also think that that we have to make sure we're we're really calling out these other attributes yeah. that we see in our children that are maybe more aligned with how the word would define beauty. Like, wow, you were so kind today to your friend. Like, wow, thank you. You were so patient. Like, wow, that's just really beautiful the way you helped your younger brother with his school today. You know, and, yeah. and so so making sure that, you know, if we want to talk about balance, I don't know that there's a right number, like, you right. know, seven to one or something <laughs> like that. But but just making sure that we're not just affirming the way they look physically, that we're affirming these inner traits as well. But then I I just, I have to go back to that, just being real with our girls, right? Like, like this is the struggle, right? Like we, we are always going to be tempted to define our own beauty, the way others see us or the way the world tells us we should look. And this is a struggle that I have. And this is a struggle my daughter and my son, increasingly boys are struggling with body image. This is a struggle that you may have too. And so here, here's how I cope. (laughs) I cope by staying in the word. I cope by finding my identity there. I, I cope by maybe establishing healthy habits with what Mm -hmm. I consume with my eyes, right? The song tells us to turn my eyes from worth Worthless things. That's right. Right. How many worthless things am I consuming? If I'm constantly looking at messages that tell me this is what it means to be valuable is to wear this size and to look like this in a bathing suit, you know, then I'm going to start to believe that. Um, and so, so being, being cognizant of that. And, and I think sharing those struggles and strategies with our kids is, is really important too. And as homeschool moms, we have the time. We That's have right. the capacity. So let's not leave this out of our teaching. Like yeah. let's make this a, an important part of their education too. Yeah, amen. One of the things that my husband tells my girls, he's told them this since the time they were, you know, teeny tiny, just babies, is he he says um, he'll ask them what makes a girl beautiful, and he taught them to say my heart, my smile, and my mm-hmm. obedience. And, and it truly is, you know, and their hearts, their smile and their obedience when their heart is in line with God and they're obeying God's commands, they are going to be beautiful people. And I've told my girls many times, I mean, because, you know, you come in contact with different people and we'll meet someone who maybe the world would say isn't very beautiful, but they are just amazing. They have such a good heart and they love people and they love the Lord and they're serving God. And you can look at them and say, they are so beautiful. And then you have other people who maybe the world would say are just, you know, drop dead gorgeous, but they're disgusting inside. Right. And all of a sudden they're not so pretty anymore. Mm-hmm. And why would you want to be like that person? Right. And um, so it's a great, great way to teach our kids. Let's take a quick break. We will be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course. And we guarantee it. 
To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Heather. And in this last part, I really want to focus on homeschool moms. Because like I said, in the very, very beginning, I think it was in part one, that from the time we have our babies, we are constantly comparing. We're comparing everything that our kids do. And this is a trap that many homeschool moms fall into. We look at the homeschool family next door or the homeschool family at co-op or the homeschool family at church. And we just think, you know what? They have it all together. Their kids all play instruments. They're all writing, you know, these, you know, they're writing books. I mean, there are lots of homeschool kids who write, you know, my kid's 13 and they already wrote a book (laughs) and they're doing all of the things that, that seem to make up the perfect homeschool family. And then you look at yourself and you're like, well, we started school at one o'clock today and we got through like, you know, half a lesson of history and, you know, one lesson of math. And that was about it. (laughs) And not that that's every day, but it's hard to not compare yourself with the other homeschool moms and what they're doing and what it seems like they are all accomplishing. Mm -hmm. And so I would love for you to bring some encouragement to homeschool moms who are really struggling with this because this struggle is real and that can really hinder our homeschooling because when we're focused so much on what everyone else is doing and what we feel like we're not getting done and not accomplishing and our kids are not living up to the standards, you know, our state standards or whatever grade level our children should be in, it can really make us feel like we're failing Mm -hmm. in our job of homeschooling them and mothering them. So what encouragement can you bring to these moms? Yeah. I mean, just even, I, I feel like that's why some homeschool moms quit. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Because they've seen that and they're like, I'm not that. Right. Or, or why they don't even get started in the that's first right. place. Right. They feel right. inadequate in every way. Right. Or, you know, and I, I think about when I see it always happens the beginning of the school year, the homeschool rooms, I right. got my room set up. I just, <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> Stop sharing those pictures yep. with me um, because for me, that's, that's an area of struggle. I right. do not have a homeschool room that is perfectly organized. That's right. just, that's hard for me. Um, and so I, I get the struggle and it's real. Yep. And, and so I think, but in, instead of telling you like your family is unique, right. you can do it differently and all those things, which are very true. I think really what has to happen is we have to look at our hearts and why we're comparing, right? And I think what happens for most of us is it it may not necessarily be that I want to be more of a homeschooler like she is, or I want my family to be more like hers. I think for most of us, it's that we have these ideals of what we thought it would be like to right. homeschool and we're not meeting our own ideals. Right. So, so, you know, for my example of the homeschool room, honestly, I could care. I don't really care if I have a homeschool room or not. Like that's not part of my right. set of ideals. Right. But you go to like my kids, like rocking out mock trial, uh-huh. <laughs> or, or something, you know, then you start to touch some areas where I'm like, yeah, I, I, that needs to happen in order for me to be satisfied. Right. Yep. And so, so really backing up, and saying, okay, what, what are these ideals that I'm harboring in my heart, right? What did I think this was going to be like, especially if you're newer to homeschooling, right? What, what did I expect this to be like? 
why am I so stuck on it being like this picture in my head? What is that? And for most of us, what that is, I'm going to sound like a broken record from episode two and episode one up here, but, but it's, it's our idols, right? right? Right. If if my children would just behave and, and get these scores on their math tests and, and just sit through me reading aloud (laughs) for 15 minutes, you know, then and just, you know, put their stuff away afterwards and, you know, use good manners when we're at community day and all yeah. the things, right? Like, like then I would be satisfied. But the truth is like when we set up idols that involve our kids, mm-hmm. oh goodness, we set ourselves up for so much frustration, sure. right? Like, and I've been the angry mom at co-op because my kid's the only one that doesn't want to do art right. on community day and I'm the tutor, <laughs> right? You know, so I mean, like, like we get ourselves in these situations, but because we have it a certain way in our head that it right. should be like our ideal, which is really our idol, then that just, that does all kinds of nasty things in us. We get right. more angry than we need to, you know, we put more pressure on our children than they, than they need right. from us. Right. And so my best encouragement would be to take the pressure off, whatever those ideals yep. you're holding on to are, surrender them to Jesus and say, God, what do you want That's right. this to look like? Yep. Right. And, and I'm, I may be wrong. It may not look anything like I hoped it would. So help my heart in that. Help me to adjust to, to your reality for yeah. my family and how you want this to look for us and give us your grace every single day so that we can do this awesome thing that you've called us to and allowed us to do (laughs) and without that discouragement and frustration that simply comes from being let down by these expectations that were probably unrealistic to begin with. Yeah. Yep. That is fantastic. You know, we have to realize that God gave us our kids exactly as they are. And it's our job to help them grow into Christ-likeness and into who God made them to be but it's not our job to change them to become someone that we think they should be. And that's hard. And that's hard, especially when our kids are different than us, because, you know, I I have two girls, they're completely different from one another. I have one that is of course more like me than the other. And one who's more like my husband. And, um, and I'm grateful that the Lord has shown me like, it's okay for them not to do things the way that you would do them mm-hmm. and not to have the same dreams and aspirations and goals in life that you think they should have because God has given them their own unique giftings and abilities. And um, and he has a very unique plan for each one of them. And it's not my job to decide what that is. It's just right. my job to help foster that in them and help lead them to the cross. That's it, you know, yeah. is what you're doing pointing you towards Jesus and helping you to grow in your relationship with him. And so, um, you know, each one of us is, we are made so uniquely, so beautifully in God's image. And, um, and I think moms need to hear that more. Moms need to know, you know, mom, you're doing a great job. Just saying yes and showing up mm-hmm. is doing a great job. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes that we've ever done is we, we did an episode, well, two of them, actually, we did one on Esther and one on Mary, but I love the book of Esther that has become my favorite book of the Bible. And the reason for it is because she was just an ordinary girl who said yes. Right. She said yes. Obedient. 
She was obedient. And she didn't, now, of course, you know, when you read the book of Esther, you realize that she was physically a beautiful woman, Mm -hmm. you know, but she had to be so much more than that. Um, But God didn't care about her beauty. He used her beauty, her physical beauty to save his people, truly. I mean, when you really look at the story, it was because she was beautiful that she was put in the position that she was put in and and then able to save the whole Jewish nation. But it wasn't her beauty that did it. It was her obedience to the Lord. Um, And so when we're obedient to him... um, and when and when we drop all of those idols, and I, I love I love this conversation. I love that you're talking about this. Um, I love that you wrote a book about this. I imagine for you that it was not an easy book to write. You know, it was fun. Was it? <laughs> Although I don't know. I kind of my husband says I come from fun country because I kind of cash things out and <laughs> fun <laughs> and not fun. These are the two categories that nice. I have. But you know, I I just. I, I really enjoy digging under the surface yeah. of things. And I was just fed up with the cliches. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like we, even as Christian women, even in the church, yep. like our, our women's ministries have just resorted to these cliches, like that, like, you know, just going to encourage and inspire with cliches that we saw in a meme on yeah. Pinterest. And I feel like, no, like God's word is so much richer and deeper right. than that. And so it was kind of a fun exercise for me to dig in. I got to dig into Psalm 73. And that's in the last part of the book, but it's where Asaph, who wrote this particular psalm, is looking around and it's almost as if he's like scrolling Instagram because he's looking out his window saying, everyone else has it better than me. I mean, he literally is commenting on like their youthful bodies, (laughs) like literally like these are a bunch of hot people doing well, God, and I'm suffering here. What's going on? And, you know, he ends that psalm by turning his heart to worship. Hmm. And, and when I found that passage, I was just like, whoa, like here it is, right? Like the Bible has awesome answers for these ways we struggle today. So let's not settle for cliches. That's right. (laughs) Amen. Well, I can't think of a better way to end. Heather, you are such an encouragement to me, such a blessing. Thank you for saying yes to the Lord in writing this book. Um, I know that this book has been a blessing to my family and my girls already. We're still in the middle of it and we are really enjoying it. Um, And I know it's going to be a blessing to our listeners as well. So if you guys don't yet have this book, pick it up for sure. It's called The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. And um, tell us one more time, Heather, where people can find out more about you. Yes, you can find me on my website. It's compared to who dot me and you can find my books on Amazon, all the places Christian books are sold. And my podcast is called compared to who as well, which I do know is grammatically incorrect. <laughs> I, I feel like I should say that to compared to whom, <laughs> right? But it just sounded so stuffy, right? <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) I'm with you. I love it. Well, we will, of course, put links in the show notes to all of those things. Heather, thank you for your time today. And uh, thank you for your time this week, I should say, not just just today. Thanks for spending the week with us. You guys, thank you for listening. Please do me a favor right now as you're finishing this podcast. 
hit a button that says share and share this with at least three of your friends because these mamas need to hear this. You and your friends need this encouragement today. So share this with your friends. Just say, hey, you need to listen to this because you probably don't know that they're struggling with this because as we said in the beginning, it's not something that we all talk about. But trust me when I say your friends are struggling with these things as well. If you are, they are as well. So share this with them. Bring them some encouragement today. And um, if you've not yet signed up for our newsletter, make sure you go to Schoolhouse Rocked dot com. Click on the sign up here button and make sure you're getting our newsletter. We don't send them out too often, but when we do, um, we would love for you to be able to get those. So have a fantastic rest of your week. We will be back with you on Monday with another fantastic guest. See you then. Bye-bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.